The Athletic. Welcome to 1874, a podcast all about Aston Villa Football Club and The Athletic. I'm Dan Bardell, joined as ever by The Athletic's Villa writer, Greg Evans. Greg, back on 1874, Villa 1, Leicester 2. Not ideal, a few not ideal things going on at the the football club at the moment, but all in all, you can't give teams a head start in the Premier League, especially good teams like Leicester. Yeah, hello Dan. It's uh, disappointing, wasn't it, really, at the weekend? I think Villa almost played for half the game and and sort of let Leicester um, dominate for the first half of the game. And yeah, as you say, if you're giving the second best team in the Division Two early goals, um, and you're trying, to, you're therefore trying to score three goals against a very good quality team with without your best player. So it was always going to be tough when when Villa went two 0 down. Yeah, let's let's start with that then the, the injury to Jack Green. It's started to come out maybe 24, 48 hours before the game. I think you you came up and, and announced it just as the teams were about to be announced on the athletic, but there'd been murmurs on social media for, for a few days. Can you just talk us through what, what's going on with Jack Grealish at the moment? Yeah, so um, not going to go into specifics of the injury until we've had the official confirmation from the club on that. So Dean Smith didn't reveal what the actual injury was because you know he said it will be assessed on a week-by-week basis. Now, you know, it's my understanding that he'll miss the game against Leeds on Saturday um, and then he'll, he'll be assessed from there. So as soon as I know more, you know, I'll, I'll be able to update further but um, it's not ideal is it you know no matter how many games you lose Jack Grealish for it's always going to be disappointing because of how good he is to this team and I think just you know let's hope he's he's back sooner rather than later um, you know I'm, I'm led to believe it's not a, a very serious injury and it's something that um, you know maybe he could he could play on um, in the weeks ahead so let's wait and see whether the club reveal any more details and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, because I was actually, in a way, I mean, don't get me wrong, I want Jack Grealish to play every game for Aston Villa Football Club because he's our talisman and he's our best player. But in a way, I was I was interested and intrigued to see how, how we'd set up without him, how we'd get on without him. Obviously, obviously not very well because we, we've lost the game. But after about 25 minutes, those thoughts had all gone because I don't think Jack being on the pitch, in fairness, makes a difference to those, those two goals. I think that there's other reasons for that. But you go 2-0 down and even though we scored at a good time at the start of the second half, I never, ever really felt like Villa were going to get anything from that game. I just felt like Leicester just combated what Villa threw at them quite easily. And there wasn't really many Villa attacks of note. Yeah, it was a tough game, wasn't it, really, for them? And, um, you know, some of the issues that we'd highlighted in, in recent weeks came up again. You know, Barkley was taken off for, what, an, an eighth game in the row. Didn't really, um, you know, live up to expectations. I uh, thought Traore was quite quiet as well. You know, pretty much everybody in front of the defence really didn't 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 have a, a great game. You know, and certainly not one of their better games. Um, it's disappointing, and and you just kind of want to be able to mix it up a little bit, maybe off the bench when when things aren't going to plan. But yeah, it just felt like Villa could never really get into their groove. Could he? Like they they changed it slightly, they changed the system a little bit. Um, Barkley was deeper than he than he's ever been all season. You know, that's yeah, I for didn't sure. Get that. Um, yeah, they went with like Louise holding um, McGinn and Bartley then slightly ahead. I, th- I suppose it was almost a, a 4-1-4-1. And, you know, the, the idea was to stop Tielemans and Didi and Madison playing. That's what Dean Smith said after the game. He said that he'd recognised that the three of them, um, you know, were the real creative forces in that team and that they were the players that would get the ball to Barnes and to Varda. Um, and he wanted to stop that 
flow almost early on, but I felt like Villa just needed to do a bit more of their own um, playing and, and inflicting damage on Leicester, really. It felt like they needed to probably stick a few more balls in behind the defenders. Um, you know, I'm sure Watkins and El Ghazi would have had Johnny Evans for pace, but didn't really get the opportunity to show that, did they? Uh, I mean, I text you during the game saying, am I seeing this correctly? Is this 4-3-3? Because it annoyed me a little bit. I could, the, the reasons you've just given me the dance of it said are, are quite sound. But quite simply, every time we deviate to 4-3-3 this season or 4-1-4-1, whichever way you look at it, we haven't won the game and we've struggled in midfield. Ross Barkley's many things and obviously he's getting a lot of stick at the moment, but he's never, ever a number eight. He's a, he's a number 10 all, all day long and Louise just looks warm to me. That first goal for me, it came because Louise was the only midfielder on the scene and he suddenly just had Leicester players just, just bombarding him. He, he couldn't take all the midfielders himself. You could argue Mings could have closed him down a little bit quicker, but I purely blame the, the setup for that. That's the only reason I say that we've mm. let that first goal happen because there was no one anywhere near Louise. The gaps between Louise and the other two midfielders were frightening for a lot of the game. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I've got, maybe I, do, I think I disagree with that because I think if you look at where Madison's shooting, I think Barkley's probably the closest player to him. Um, so it felt almost like Louise, who was the, the the deeper midfielder. I'll have to see the replays back again, to be honest. But it, from, from my memory of the goal, it was Louise that was more, almost caught out of position, I think. And I think Target was Target had pushed on forward. Louise was almost covering Target. And then there was a gap in midfield. So um, Leicester just played through. And look, you know, Dean Smith wasn't happy at all with the first half performance, with the goals that they gave away. And I just felt like, yeah, every goal is a mistake, isn't it? You know, if you give away a goal, then you're going to you're going to pick faults all, all the way around that goal. But I just felt Villa needed to do more to to um, to cause Leicester problems. And I just don't think they did. Going back to the setup, because to be quite honest, I've not stopped thinking about it since the game. I'm a bit, <laughs> a bit, a bit obsessed with it, but I, I don't get it. I don't think that formation works for us. Like I said, I don't think Barkley's a number eight. And I think that first goal comes from just the, the midfield being all over the place. And Louise has then had to go and cover target, like you say. There's no other midfielder really in the picture, no other midfielder in, in sight. And Leicester's midfield is very, very good. And so, like you say, what Dean Smith said makes sense. But on the pitch, it, it didn't work and it, it didn't work at all. And I just felt every time there was a loose ball in that game in the midfield area, there wasn't a Villa player on the scene. There's always a Leicester player getting get there first. And to me, that that comes down to system. When you've got the two sitting in front of the back four, I think you're more likely to have someone in the right place. And then you're also playing Barkley in his right position. He's not an eight, is he, Greg? No, look, I've said this for a couple of pods now. I think you've got to get him on the ball in attacking positions. That's where he's going to cause problems. Um, you know, if you look back to those earlier games, he linked up really well with Grealish, with, you know, McGinn behind him. McGinn was more advanced than Barkley, I think, for the majority of the game. Certainly in the period between half-time and um, uh, when he was taken off, he Barkley was dropping even deeper at those periods and McGinn was getting further forward. But look, you know, it's easier to say when they're 2-0 down because they're gonna they're gonna go chasing the game, aren't they? And you know, that, that, that it's gonna be th- those patterns are gonna emerge. But I just felt like, yeah, they were asked to do something different. It was it was a one and a two. Um and to see McGinn more advanced than Barkley was just a, was probably the biggest surprise for me. I spoke, actually was speaking to a professional footballer through the game and he was saying to me that McGinn would have been playing, like as a, the four, reason for the 4-3-3 would have been because McGinn 
playing on the left of the th- of the three was to compensate for, for Jack not being there, trying to get him further forward because their most influential player wasn't there. So I guess that again, that does does make sense. I mean, I'm slowly convincing myself that it was the right thing to do as, as we go through the podcast. So, so that does make sense. But in general, the midfield hasn't felt right for a few weeks now, Greg, and that's one thing that's really upsetting the fans. Yeah, look, the fan, fans are certainly on to Barkley. They, they want more from him. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there has been a bit of criticism aimed at, at McGinn and Louise. I, I still think they're they're doing a decent job in there, to be honest. Um, I suppose the biggest surprise really for me is that Sanson hasn't played yet. I, I can, you know, hasn't started a game. I can understand that there was a, a slow bedding in process for him, but it just feels feels very much like Saturday's a good game for him, doesn't it, against Leeds? It feels like, you know, that that's the type of game that he should come in now and, and, and try and, um, assert some authority onto that because he's going to offer something a bit different. He's very, very fast. He scored lots of goals for Marseille. So, you know, that, that wouldn't go amiss at the moment, would it? A couple of goals from midfield. Um, and he's just going to bring that that bit of excitement back to the Villa team because it feels like, I think probably five or six games now, stretching back right to before the Southampton game. We haven't seen this exciting sort of fast free-flowing football, have we, that we, that we were really enjoying in the first half of the season. It's gone a little bit flat. It's gone a little bit stale. Um, results haven't been too bad, which, you know, it, it, it are the main thing. You know, points are still ticking over, but it feels like they're just lacking something, aren't they, at the moment? They need that verve, that that spice back almost. Yeah, let's stay with the midfield topic because Dan Smith, he said it in many post-matches, many pre-matches, if you play well, you keep the shirt. He said that a few times. I don't know whether he said it in the in the in the Zoom things you have after the game or before the game with him. But I remember him saying that a couple of times. And this is something else I've, I've seen fans pick up on. Technically, that hasn't been true this season because although I think he was right, Courtney Hawes did very well. Got taken straight out for Tyrone Mings. We've discussed that at length in the podcast before. Nakamba's had good games. Then he's come straight back out. Connor in the first game of the first few games of the season got taken out straight away after after scoring a goal against Fulham, and Al Ghazi was nominated for Player of the Month and then got taken out as soon as Barkley was back. So what Smith said about if you play well, you keep the shirt hasn't really been true at all, has it? When you put it like that, no. <laughs> um, you know, I think all four of them really are, are unlucky not to have kept their place at, at various points in the season. Um, I think probably out the three that you mentioned, the three names, the one that. We probably, we I think we would both agree on um, would be that we'd always play Mings and Court, uh, Mings and uh, Mings and Conza, wouldn't we? Instead absolutely. of Court, yeah, yeah, so, absolutely. So look, you know, Courtney's come in for 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 when Mings has been suspended and and Conza's been um, suffering with COVID. Um, so yeah, he, he he came in and did well, but I think I, I totally understand why Dean Smith um reverted back to his original centre half partnership. I think the others are the are the more slightly confusing ones. Anwar Al Ghazi was <laughs> bordering on sensational, wasn't he, during during that period um where he got five or six goals in in pretty much as many games. And he's he's lost his momentum now, unfortunately. You know, that, yeah, he looks that, low on confidence again. Yeah, and it, it's it's a shame really to see that, but he, he's not going to play his way. He's he's not just going to get his form back, you know, he has to play games to get the form. Um, you can't just expect him to come to come into a game and and, and rip it up. He, he just doesn't work like that. Players need rhythm and momentum and he's lost all that now, unfortunately, because the last couple of games just hasn't worked for him. You know, he's low on confidence, he's losing the ball, he's not he's not um, beating his men and, and, and getting shots away and, and scoring like, like he was previously. You know, he'll be the first to, to say that. Frustrating for him. Um, yeah, and, and, and the other two, Nakamba and um, 
Who's the other one you mentioned, Dan? Harahan at the start of the season. Yeah, uh, you know, I think we we spoke about Harahan at the at the start of the season, didn't we? You know, we we both felt it was unfortunate for him. But I think if you ask a hundred Villa fans at that point in time, who would you have, Harahan or Barkley? Ninety nine of them are going to say Barkley, and yeah. that's that's just where they where Villa are at. You know, they were trying to move forward. Um, Harahan's gone to Swansea and shown what a class player he is, and you know. He's probably going to get that team up, isn't he, with his goals? He keeps Hopefully, scoring, yeah. you know, and fair play to him. I'd really like to see, you know, Swansea go up with, with him because I think we've both got a bit of a soft spot for, for for Connor, haven't we? You know, we like to see him do well. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we go back to that. Villa fans wanted Barkley in and, and I think, you know, the majority of them would agree that on his day, he could probably do more than Horahan. So, and then the other one's Nakamba. Um I think it's quite a, it's a risky one to 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 drop Louise, but it, it might be the way forward now. We haven't conceded, have we? When he's played, I don't think yeah. we've lost. When he when he's obviously if we haven't conceded, we we haven't lost. When he when he's played, he had a, he had a good game against Arsenal and against a team like Leicester. You could have argued that, that would have been more of a game for him. I think what you get with Louise is that he's he's more creative and inventive when he when he builds out from defence. You're not going to get that yeah, with Camber. He's, he's going to he's integral. He's, He's going to break. You're going to break down play and move the ball quickly. I think. Whereas Louise can probably offer you a bit more. He's got that ball carrying quality. Um, can get forward and you know he can probably score you a goal if if he gets the opportunity as well. But um, it might be time to freshen it up. Maybe uh, you know I, I quite like Nakamba. As I say, the games that he's played: Newcastle, Burnley, Arsenal. Three clean sheets. Um, but Villa also have, have kept nine clean, nine other clean sheets as well. So you know there's an argument for both. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. It's when Sanson and Ramsey came on. I'd have liked to have seen it a little bit earlier, to be honest, because I think they, they did really inject some energy when they came on. And that's kind of what you feel Villa are missing in the middle of the park at the moment. And it's it's unsurprising, really, because Louise and McGinn have played a lot of minutes. I mean, for all the people having a go at Barkley, and no one loves John McGinn more than me. I absolutely adore the bloke. But I don't think Barkley was any worse than McGinn, if I'm being perfectly honest, in that game. I've stuck up for Barkley a lot. And um, again, I watched him closely in the last game. And I didn't think he was great. I found it really hard to... to I'm not saying for to, one minute yeah. he had a good game. Not saying that for one minute. No, no, no. no I know you're not done. I'm, I'm just saying for the for the first time I watched him and I thought, you know, I can understand the criticism um, because it, he just wasn't at it, you know, unfortunately. And we know what he can do, which is the most frustrating thing. But maybe he's playing with a little bit of fear. You know, I, I presume that I presume that this criticism of him won't be going unnoticed. I presume he knows all about that and he's heard it. So, you know, it's difficult to go into the arena, regardless of the fact that nobody's in there um, supporting it, and then go and produce your best when you're battling that, aren't you? You've known you've been taken off in the last seven games. You know you're not quite hitting the heights. You know you've got that niggling hamstring injury that you've that, that's kept you out for a long time. You know that you're not scoring goals. You know that the fans are onto you. It's 
it's tough to go and just pull out that blockbuster performance. But unfortunately, you know, that's what he gets paid the big bucks for. That's what that's why he's a professional footballer and why he was, you know, up there in the top top midfielders in England. And he needs to get back to that stage. Um, hopefully he will for Villa. Uh, but, you know, it might be difficult now because, we, we, you know, we kind of think that he... Probably needs to be dropped, doesn't it? I wouldn't call it being dropped. Maybe taking out the firing line for a game. Maybe bring him on for twenty minutes. See if he injects some fire into him. See if he can come on and change a game for Villa. You know, in this day and age, if you're not in the team, I don't look at it as you're being dropped. You're being rotated because you play a lot of games of football. It's a weird time with COVID. Like when when was it Louise was taken out for for one game, and the Cam the played. It wasn't dropped. But he's come straight back in. Yeah, he's rotated, isn't he? It's just yeah. a little bit of rotation, and you could argue that. Barkley and McGinn haven't really haven't really had that. Maybe they need a game each off and they come back a different player. I remember when McGinn got a ban in the championship? He missed two games, I think, and Villa won those two games. And then he came on in the next game. And then and he was excellent. I think he came on against Blues and was excellent. Mm. And then he had a run of games where he was playing, he was fresh, and he was starting to put the ball in the back of the net. Sometimes players benefit from, from a game off. Do you get what yeah, I mean? He's had it. Well, I suppose McGinn's had his break, didn't he? He missed the game through suspension, didn't he? Um, and, you know, Barkley's the only one who, other than the injury, who hasn't had a, a break really in, in this period since. So, yeah, you know, might be might be a good time. And, and the fact that you've got Ramsey and, and Sanson to turn to uh, is decent. I, th- I feel like Ramsey's just waiting for that lift off, isn't he? He's just waiting for that one I really like killer him. moment really like just, him. To, just to get him, you know, just to really. Just to really get him going, he feel he shows a lot of energy. You know, moves the ball quickly. He's a, probably a little bit safe when he comes on because he's still young and he's doesn't want to put a foot wrong and stuff. But you, you can see there's something about him, and he, I just feel like he needs that. Probably a goal. I think a goal would do would do in the world of good. And then you know he can really kick on because clearly Dean Smith trusts him because he wouldn't have played him against Wolves if he didn't. Um, and you know, you know, Dan, you mentioned that you, you keep the shirt so to speak when when you play well, but. Equally, if you do it in training, then you do get a look in as well. And that's how Ramsey got promoted. Yeah, Ramsey, I really like him. I think the way he carries the ball, the way he um the way he glides with the ball when he when he gets it. He's got that he's got that like not I'm not saying he's like Fernando Torres. You know when Torres ran with the ball, that technique. You know, Ramsey's kind of got that a, a little bit, like he's like he's running on water with the ball. I'd like to see more of him because I think he looks useful every time he comes on. Maybe seeing for a bit longer off the bench if he's coming mm. off the bench. Coming on with 10 minutes left. It's not enough for him to, to impact the game. Same, same with Sanson, really. They're not going to impact the game with 10 minutes left. They need, they need 20, 25 minutes to come on and try, try and do something. Do you think he'll make changes against Leeds? I think... Neck on the line. Yeah, I think he will, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to say yes, because um, I feel like the last few performances have been quite flat and I feel like he needs something different. And I think he'll have that Leeds that leads defeat at home in the back of his head as well. You know, the fact they lost 3-0 and, and were battered, really. He'll want to get it right against Leeds and I think he will change it up. Yeah, I did a bit of scouting last night. So I'd scout before the, before the podcast. Before They were good, weren't they? They are good. I do think they're mm. overhyped, if I'm being perfectly honest. They, I thought Southampton were bad. Let me say as well, but they look like the kind of team that God, they've already caused Villa problems once this season. They, they they just always look full of energy, and I just don't feel Villa look full of energy at the moment, and that that would be my concern. That Rafinha looks a looks a good player. I mean, he was even playing on the wrong side last night, and he still looked a good player. Yeah, his deliveries are incredible as well. I watched the game against Wolves, and I think he put I think he put four or five free kicks into the box, and and Cooper. Had, three of the chances and one of the other defenders had another chance and they missed them all. Um, and I thought, you know, on another day, that could have been 4-1. 
to 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 wall uh, to Leeds, and yeah, last night you were right. Southampton are dreadful. There's something something horribly wrong there. Um, no, they've had a few injuries, but um, just just not going for them at all. So yeah, I think Leeds are a good side still. But I like watching them. They're exciting. They're all, they're always looking to get forward. Um, good on the break. I think it's going to be another tough game for Villa, unfortunately. Yeah, one thing I will give Bielsa absolute massive praise for is that he's inherited. This isn't disrespectful, although it's going to sound disrespectful. Some journeyman championship players in the nicest possible way. And he's turned them into good Premier League players. And that's the sign of a good coach and a good manager. You kind of feel like Villa might need a specific plan on Saturday tea time for Leeds because they can swarm us. They've, they've, already, they've already proved they can do that. They're going, they're going for the double against Villa, possibly the, the first team to, that might do the double over us this season, unless I'm mm. working incorrectly here. I don't think anyone else has. So it's a good chance for them to do the double over us. And I am a little bit worried. I don't like to be worried, but I am a little bit worried. And I've not been worried about many games this season. It's hard, isn't it? You know, whenever Grealish isn't in the team, you, you kind of worry because whenever Grealish is in the team, you think, well, he could he could turn the game at any point. You know, he could produce that moment of magic. And I just felt that Villa were a little bit flat without him. You know, El Ghazi and Traore didn't really work. Um, there wasn't much of a connection down the left. I thought probably Matt Target was... Villa's best player, actually, um, in the last game. He was up there. Yeah, you know. I'd have given him Mings because I thought he shackled Vardy in fairness. Yeah, to be fair, the defence were quite solid, um, you know, after after the after the early exchanges. I think Al Mohamed had a tough day, didn't he, against Barnes? Um, but it's hard, isn't it, coming in? He hasn't played. Mm. It's difficult coming in against one of the informed wingers. Do you just come in for, for the first game in months and to, to no, perform no, 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 optimal no, level? Totally get it. You know, it's difficult, but that's the situation Villa are at at the moment. You know, they're losing players, lost cash and, and Grealish for the first time this season. And, you know, that's what they need players to come in and, and, and just hit it off straight away. Otherwise, they're going to be dropping points. It, it is as simple as that. You know, the best teams um, manage to cope with injuries and, you know, it's early days, obviously, with, with the absentees. But, you know, let, let's see whether Villa can. Yeah, a couple of academy graduates on, on the bench before we finished our sets in the game and, and looking forward to the Leeds game. Kessler and I know I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Is it Chuck Wemeka? Yeah, I think Carney Chuck Wemka. Let's go with that. But they, they, it was good to see them on the bench, wasn't it? Yeah, very it, good. Yeah. They're two that I'm excited about personally as a, as a Villa fan that looks at the under-23s. Yeah, I think we, we've spoken about Kessler, haven't we, um, heavily on this pod before. A couple of episodes back, we, we focused heavily on him. Um, you know, Carney is the one that everybody's talking about. He's the real player. You know, they expect him to really kick on. He's the real deal. Um, you know, it could even be a case of he's a player that doesn't have um you know even a loan spell and, and just gets gradually um put in put into the first yeah. team. Um look he's very young he's 17 years old but he, he's developing very nicely and he's somebody that you know we, we, we could start to get really excited about. Because them two they're out of everyone in the academy I'd say them them two look physically redder. Yeah. They, they they look like they could be Premier League athletes already. Yeah they're big lads for their age, you know they're they're, they're, they're developed aren't they? And um that that's obviously a positive, you know, really a really big thing for the youngsters. Um Jade Jaden Philogene Bidas who, who we talked about last week. Oh uh, yeah. Um you know another one to Look, to look at you know he was rejected by a lot of clubs when he was younger because he was too small but um, you know he, he's still a small sort of nippy winger but he's another one to keep an eye on as well well on the subject of academy graduates you sent me a task of picking my top three academy graduates since I've been watching Aston Villa so since about 93 94 I have a question before we start I should have probably asked you this on text rather than doing it on the podcast does Gareth Barry count as an academy graduate or does he count as being bought from Brian yeah, see, I mean, I always say that he's come from Brighton, but 
you know, look, he has developed through the through the real youth ranks, hasn't he? I don't almost, think he spent but... much time in the youth team. In fairness, really. Yeah, I'd say I'm I'm inclined to say no. Somebody who spent you know their young their even younger ages coming through, I think he, you know he's more important. All right, so we'll discount him. That's good because he wasn't in my three because I thought you might say that. <laughs> so the top three that I've gone for. I wonder if you've got the same as me. I'll, 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 I'll tell you mine after. I'll tell you mine okay, after. Okay. First one, I and mean, then this is in no particular order. Go on, do them in order. In order? I, don't, I haven't really picked an order. Three to one. Three to one. Okay, three. I picked Gary Cahill. That was my number three. Because, although he didn't make it at Villa, I mean, some strange going on at that time with, with O'Neill sending him off, but, but never mind. What he's done in his career... Winning the Premier League, winning the Champions League. I don't know whether many Villa Academy graduates have gone on to do what he's done. I can't think of any off the top of my head. So I felt he had to be there. And he did score an unbelievable goal against Birmingham City in one of his first games. He was the winner. So that, that kind of thing always helps. So he was three. Two. We're not including Jack in this, are we? No. Nope. I haven't put Jack in. Right. Because he obviously Good. tops it. Yeah. Yeah, he's still playing. And he's still playing. We don't go with current players that are still playing for Villa in this little game. Two, I've gone for Gabby. Oh, he was my number one. Yeah, I could. He probably could be. This is very tight between these two, in in fairness. But I've gone for, I've gone for Gabby. Club record goal scorer. I mean, he seems to be in the top three every week. Whatever the subject <laughs> is, he seems to find his way, <laughs> find his way in there, doesn't he? So we were talking about him last week. So yeah, for all the reasons we spoke about him being in the top three strikers last week, he has to be in the in the top three academy graduates, I guess. Achieved a lot with with the club, was part of one of the better Villa teams in recent times. Premier League record goal scorer, very fast. Came through, burst onto the scene, I would say as well. So, yeah, he's in it too. And then I'm imagining this next one's going to be your number two. He's my number one. <laughs> one for Hen- I've gone for Lee Hendry. He's oh, oh wow, you've missed mine out. <laughs> have I, have I, I bet I've missed someone blatant. Have I missed someone blatant? <laughs> I don't know. I had Vassell. Yeah, he was, no, he was, he was my fourth. He was my fourth for sale. I've gone for Hendra. He played for Villa for a, for a long time. Was part of a very good side under John Gregory. John Gregory raves about him whenever I speak to him. John Gregory always tells me about how good Lee Hendry was. Tales, the same. They just talk about how good he was, how good a trainer he was, even if he'd been out the night before. He was still at the front in all the, all the running drills and stuff like that. I don't know whether he played more games than Gabby, but he played in the hundreds, didn't he? So I just, I just mm. went for him. I, I, I liked him as, as when I was young growing up as well. I, I liked him. I liked what he was about. Bit of a naughty boy, bit of a scamp on the pitch at times. <laughs> but I, I really liked him. Vassell one or Vassell two for you? Uh, no, I had Vassell two, Gabby number one. Yeah. Um, to, to be honest, I didn't think about Hendry. I suppose that's more the supporter in you and it, Dan. You know, you, he was the first one that I saw. All, almost like the golden boy, wasn't he? You know, coming through as a as a local lad. And yeah, I mean, fair play to him. He, I think he had a good time off the pitch as well and, and managed to Error. take it on the pitch. So you know, fair play to him for that. Doing well now as well with his with his punditry, getting a lot of a lot a lot of good gigs. Yeah. Pulled off the pulled off the dying of the hair a bit better than me as well, which you have to give have to give him credit for. Yeah, I just gave gave it him because. He was the first graduate I really watched play regularly for Villa. No, that's that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vassell obviously played for England. A great went to. I mean, I've, I've met Darius a few times. Really, really nice guy. I've worked with him a, a couple of times. I've read his book as well. Went to John Wilmot though, the school over the road from the school I went for. A bit of a rival school. So he, he, loses, he loses points for that. Bit of John Wilmot lad. 
I was were, a you, were you lad. a posh grammar school, was you? No, mate, all you, boys think, school. you think I went to a grammar school? You must be absolutely <laughs> joking with this accent. Absolutely no way was I in, <laughs> in a grammar you school. A school with your little bag and your pencil case. I think you're making me out to be like Will from the Inbetweeners here, which is a little <laughs> bit unfair, Greg. I've seen you walking around with bags and pencil cases being the journalist. Hey, look, I'm, I'm a journalist. I'm allowed to. I'm not having that. <laughs> I was going to call you something then to do with a briefcase, but I'm not going to call it you. talk about what you what you've been up to greg one one thing we were both up to last week was the athletics big aston villa quiz in aid of prostate cancer and a little bit of a disappointing showing for myself but a good night a good quiz yeah did you enjoy it yeah i mean it's hard, it's hard it's i did i thought it was really good. difficult for me to sort of say because i was the host but yeah, it, yeah i know you didn't enjoy it being the host <laughs> oh look you know it was i was a bit nervous <laughs> i have to admit i think i told you in advance didn't i that yeah, yeah, yeah it's not it's not really my thing um haven't haven't done much hosting over the years certainly so you know, to have 100 Villa fans watching on to my every word was <laughs> difficult at times. But fair play to Holly, who's, you know, who was the co-host, yeah, you know, only 20, 23 years old, big Villa fan. Um, you know, very authentic girl, you know, and, and I think she had a good time, really enjoyed it. And it was great to see some of the subscribers, you know, I think... Lots of lots of you joined on with your Zoom calls and had the Villa shirts on. And I, my editor said at the end, you know, I think he he thought it was one of the most colourful out of the quizzes, you know, because all the Villa fans turned up in their shirts, which was great. Um, you know, we yeah. had the Man United one last night, but the, the, you know there weren't lots of people on the quiz, but not too many shirts. So, yeah. Did you play? Which one, Man United? The Man United. No, one. Did you play? no, no. I was I was watching uh, the football actually. I watched Atletico and uh, Chelsea. Yeah, so, so um, I I, uh, I missed that one, but yeah, it was a really good time and fair play to Dom Lerner who does <laughs> well. I thought I knew stuff. I mean, that's the incredible six score. That know more than the incredible score that he yeah. got. You know, fair play because some of those questions were difficult, and you know he, he answered a lot of them right. Yeah, I made a couple of amateur errors, I would say, by trying to be quick. Yeah, because obviously the timing, in, the timing aspects. Yeah, I was trying to be quick and I didn't didn't read a few questions properly, rushed in. But Dom Lerner, yeah, he, I mean, he was ahead all the way through, wasn't he? I think the highest point I got to was fourth at one point. Yeah, it's not a bad showing, Dan. I knew you'd I knew you'd stutter at the end. You've got you've got no staying power, mate. So seventh out of seventy eight is pretty good. Pretty good. There was a lot of older questions before I was born as well, by the way. Well, you know, Villa, Aston Villa did exist before you, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I mean this podcast is called 1874, <laughs> so they've been they've been around a little bit longer than me. But I did I didn't enjoy the glee that Dom Lerner took him took him beating me when he did his little acceptance speech at the end. I, did, I didn't enjoy I did that, that. That that took completely took me by shark. You know, I was winding you up the whole way through, uh, no, and then Dom comes on, he goes, I'm just glad I beat Dan Bardell. <laughs> and, and then Tony Daly came on as well. Him and Tails came on at the half to do the half time speech. I was expecting Tails to give me some stick, and it was Tony Daly. <laughs> sitting in 11th at the time thanks Tona no it, it was it was great of those two to come on as well and support the charity and, and support the athletic you know for the, for the night both both great guys and I, I think the fans wanted to ask a few more questions we just didn't have enough time for them unfortunately yeah maybe that's something maybe that's something we can organise at, at another point because I know how much people Villa fans love speaking to, to the ex-players because I know obviously I get to do it I'm very very lucky but 
the fan in me. I love doing it as well and finding out stuff. So it's, it's great. It was great to see so many smiling faces talking to Tails and talking to Tony Daly as well. Let's talk about you again, Greg. Let's talk about what you've been up to. I've read your Wesley piece this morning. Villa fans ask quite a lot about how far away Wesley is. So the, the piece was useful. I mean, don't give it all away in case people aren't subscribers, but give us a, the gist. Yeah, well, he's back in full training now, which is a, a really positive sign. You know, he's been a, been out for 14 months and it, and it was just a story, really. Um detailing where he will fit back in, if he'll fit back in and, and what Villa's transfer plans are for the summer because, um, you know, th- th- there will be a time coming up soon where they will need to buy another striker. So um, these next few months might be quite important for Wesley if, if, if he can get back, you know, and and, and available and, and um, you know, back to full fitness. If he can come in and show that he can still do a job for Villa, it might potentially save them some money. Yeah, I mean, I, I read your piece this morning, as I say, and- Psychologically, it must have been so hard for Wesley when you think about being in a new country, just starting to, to settle in and, and find your feet, and then you pick up. I guess it was a career-threatening injury. It was a really, really bad injury that he's had. To have that picked up in your in your first first season in a, in a new country is really difficult. I know he's been back to Brazil, but psychologically, I mean, mentally now. He must be so strong for, for coming through that. And we all hope to see him come out the other end. Yeah, well, you know, we hope so. Um, the key now is him getting back and, and actually playing and showing what he can do again. I think he'll be in a much better frame of mind in a couple of months' time when he potentially had a game or, you know, a couple of games. But right now he'll be just itching to play, itching to get back. Villa delayed his return because they didn't want him to be 99% fit when he was back. They wanted him to be 100% to avoid any, you know, further setbacks. So good yeah. luck to him. You know, he was 22 years old when he came over, just him and his girlfriend. They didn't, I don't think they could, they couldn't speak English that well. And, um, you know, they were in Birmingham standing in an apartment and it was all quite new to them. So um, it must've been difficult for them. You know, Villa, Villa were trying to put on, Villa were trying to integrate the families of the new players when they got promoted by, um, you know, putting on travel for, for, for the away games. So um, Wesley's girlfriend would travel with them for a little bit, but that all stopped with lockdown, didn't it? So um, it's been a really difficult time for him. And, you know, he's been back to Brazil for a little bit. Um, we forget really that he was just a young lad when he came over. Yeah, you do forget how young he is because of his stature. He's a young boy, you know, 22 yeah. years old. It's just so young. I, I look back to me at that age and, you know, going to a new country and having those type of setbacks, it would be really difficult. But hopefully he comes out the other side. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a cliche, but hopefully he comes out bigger and stronger. Yeah, I remember actually the, the Arsenal game when he scored. Some, some of his and Douglas Luiz's family were sitting in seats near me when, when Wesley scored. I remember celebrating with them oh, really? at that point. So yeah, yeah, all the families there with their Brazil flags and stuff. It was oh, really, really good. Really, really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, hopefully. Well, we will be by the, the, the look of the news. We should hopefully, fingers crossed, have a full Villa Park in, in August, Greg. Maybe even May. You know, the, the last game of the season we might get. Oh, sorry, a full Villa Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah full yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, um, you know, there's still. The opportunity, there's still the chance of, of getting some fans back in for the final game of the season. Um, you know, the, with the initial road map out of this lockdown, um, you know, that might be the case that uh, Villa get some fans in for the Chelsea game. But yeah, look, never going to be the same till it's full, is it, Dan? Yeah, because we are playing Chelsea as well, it might end up that some Villa fans never actually see, like, all the Villa fans never see Ross Barkley play live for Villa. That's oh, mad. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think of that. Because he won't be playing in that game. He won't be playing in that game, will he? Nice uh, sad note to do end on. Just before we do, the Champions League return this week and there's no better time to sign up for all our unrivaled coverage at The Athletic. Until February the 25th, we're offering new subscribers a half-price annual subscription. That's less than £1 a week for the entire year. To redeem that limited time-only offer, go to theathletic.com slash villapod 
That's theathletic.com slash fillerpod. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a nice review. Greg, you got anything you can tell us coming up in your written pieces? Um, working on a couple of longer term projects, but nothing immediately. Uh, hopefully I'll have another interview from the club at some point soon. Um, so no pressure on the media team there. Maybe get them on a podcast as well, if you can, Greg. No pressure on you. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll end it there on that uncomfortable note. Thanks ever so much for uh, for joining me, Greg. And thanks to all the subscribers that came to the quiz again. It was really great to put some faces to names and, and see everyone have a good time, especially in these, these tough lockdown times as well. Greg and myself will be back on 1874 next week. Please, can you be talking about a win up the villa? Athletic.